You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is our weekly roundtable of Big 12 hosts. No Jake Hatch this week, but to my right, if you're watching on YouTube, it is Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. Below him, it is uh, Linda Goffrey of the Locked On Pokes podcast. And then to her left, it is John Williams of Locked On Sooners. Tonight, we're going to discuss a few things. Number one, Texas Tech hires Joey McGuire. Go around, everybody can give their thoughts on that. We have some new playoff rankings, yuck, that we'll go through tonight. We'll mention some Big 12 hoops, check in on TCU's coaching search, and then take a look ahead to the weekend coming up on the night's show. All right, let's get after it, folks. So you have the introductions, you know the faces, you know the names. Um, so the first piece of news you have to get to is that Texas Tech has hired their new coach, Joey McGuire, assistant at Baylor, obviously, for five years. Before that, a high school football coach in Texas won multiple state championships. And um, I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but today he called himself a unicorn uh, during his introductory <laughs> press conference. Uh, and re- this was in reference to him, you know, the, the actually the few amount of places he has been. He, he said he's only been to four places in his entire coaching career, this being the fourth. And he says he plans to, I believe the quote was, die here, was the <laughs> quote about, about his plans for Texas Tech. So, Stephen, you live in Texas, you know, just some, you know, so you're kind of most familiar with the territory. This is the diff. If you're going to go with the Texas guy, to me, this is kind of the different route of Texas guy. This is not the non-conventional Texas guy, in my opinion. No, it is. I mean, Joey is uh, he is high energy, as you saw today at the press conference. Uh, he is a you know bring it every day type of dude. I think from a um, advantageous standpoint, as you mentioned, head coach at Cedar Hill for a long, long time. Uh, was a former president of the Texas High School Coaches Association. Mm. That's so huge, far, by the way. That, that, yeah, that's huge, by the way. Like those inroads, those relationships. I mean, he has those. He is about as respected as it comes when it comes to Texas high school football, which is a big deal. Um, and I'll also say, like, he came down to Baylor, and a lot of people thought when he got hired by Matt Rule, it was just okay. Here's the guy from the Northeast hiring like the token high school football coach, so he can get in the door at all these schools. Um, and Joey's big focus was recruiting, but he also, like, he was a, a big-time position coach on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, like, Phil Snow credited him for helping Baylor, like, get an identity as a team that took the ball away and forced turnovers and made plays. Um, so he can coach a little bit, too. And I think if Tech can play to his strengths, which would be get a, a really good staff around him, mm-hmm. allow him to be CEO, relate to the players – you know, recruit like crazy, uh, try to give Tech an identity, then this could work. But you're you're definitely banking on some wild cards. I, I think this is uh, the Jeff Trailer effect, right? Like you saw it work in San Antonio. Now can it work on a bigger stage right. with a similar dude? Um, but we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like Matt Wells seemed like a really good dude, but I never really knew what his program was about. Like I think, you know, other than discipline, typical coach speak stuff. 
with Cliff, I mean, his brand was being handsome, which I respect it. Like, I wish that could be my brand too. Right. Um, if you can, if you can make it work, make it work. But uh, it's been like Mike when they had Mike Leach there, it was clear what they were trying to do. They're going to spread you out, play offense. You know, it, it was an offense that was geared towards making just about anybody succeed, and they leaned into that. It worked really well, uh, and they haven't had anybody since then. Um, that was really able to establish anything. So if Joey can do that from a, you know, like culture perspective, I think this could work, but I, I really feel like you're going to need some good coordinators and position coaches around him. And that's, that's the next step. I was going to say, do we believe him today when he was like yelling, we're going to play defense and love it. That's what's going to happen. And like people in the room were like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, does anybody believe this? Like, is this what we're going to do? But Linda, you I mean you pay a lot of attention to both college and the pros, and it's one of those hires that you see across the board. Like you got to nail your coordinator hires. That, that that's the next step is you got to nail the yeah. coordinators. He's yeah, he's that. giving very strong Dan Campbell vibes. Like <laughs> we're gonna bite the kneecaps and all of that insane. I drink forty eight ounces of espresso before practice. Um, so I, I get the energy. Like he wants to be the face or whatever. But I agree. I think you have to have some substantial coordinators around him that that really know what they're doing because I don't feel like he has much of an identity. He's worked with tight ends. He's worked with linebackers. And sure, Baylor's defense looks great right now, but there's uh, there's definitely a lack of, like, resume for me. A lot of what I saw from, like, a fan standpoint was, like, everybody was like, he's a Texas guy. He's a Texas guy. <laughs> and you're like, what, is that, what does that mean? So, right. They're hype about it. I'll give them that. I will say they, the, the Texas Tech fans got the guy they wanted. And to me, I think like people think like Texas guy is like offensive spread offense coach. Like basically like whatever the modern day version of Coach Taylor in front of that light says, you know what I mean? It's like, we're going to take J.D. McCoy and we're going to spread it out. So like that's kind of what they think. He is he is energetic and exciting in that way. But it is not to the not to the extent where it's like you know i don't know it's it's it's, if it's not he doesn't bring anything to the table and when you bounce around from those positions like you mentioned like that means that you're a really good recruiter and and people like you a lot it also means that if you're gonna be a head coach you gotta nail the the coordinator hires to to the next part of this john i want to ask you about this people said oh you know we don't love the timeline whatever you know it's kind of weird i like the timeline early signing day is the 15th of december i think he he's not going to coach this team until the season's over. So all he has to worry about is um, basically fielding a roster, right? And, and getting the recruiting class. Re- well, number one, retaining the recruiting class they have now. Yeah. And two, adding to it. Here's the thing. He's playing with house money. If they make a bowl game, his new roster gets extra practices where he might be, you know, it's going to be hard, but like, I mean, if they win one more game, which would be tough, but if they were to pull it out, that'd be huge because he'd be able to just be around and, and kind of buys them more time. You know, his fans focus on that or whatever. But, like, you know, he's in a pretty good situation, and I like the fact that he's basically got 35, 36, 37 days to work on just getting a staff and getting the team together. And the current version of the team is being coached already, so you don't have to worry about that. I like the timeline. What say you? 
Yeah, I think for a guy in his situation where he is simply a position coach, not to under underestimate that. I mean, that's a that can be a difficult job as in and of itself because you have meetings, you got things you have to do with those players too. But as a position coach, you don't have the same responsibility as a coordinator might, like an Alex Grinch who was reportedly interviewing for that job as well. And so I think you know for him it makes sense if you know, and for Baylor if Dave Aranda and the staff was okay with it, obviously. I'm sure they were, and I'm sure they sent him off with his with their blessing. But I, I think it's a great timeline because all he gets to do right now is just go around and build relationships with families and players. And he has he gets to go and talk to Eric Azucama and just be like, "Hey, let's stick around. I'm a pretty good guy. Like this is going to be fun next year too. We're going to have a we're going to have a great time. So don't leave me." Uh, but I think it's a great hire. I really do. I, you know, talking to my guy Patrick Kahn, who used to host Locked On Longhorns, big Texas Tech fan. He loved the hire. Um, somebody he's met before and just like Steven said, just high energy guy, just very impressive relationally. I mean, so I, I went to high school in Texas also, mm-hmm. lived in Texas a long time. To win three state championships in Texas is hard to do. He did it in an 11-year period at Cedar Hill. Like that's not one of the premier programs in, in high school football in Texas, but he was able to accomplish that. And I think that does say a lot to his coaching acumen, even if he's not necessarily got the identity as a coordinator at, or a position coach um, in the, at the college level, I think what he is going to bring is a different kind of identity to Lubbock. And to me, like he sounds like the guy that would be the perfect replacement for the Friday Night Lights re- movie remake. Like he mm-hmm. could be the Odessa Permian head coach and right. I feel like he'd fit right in with that. So I think it's a really, really solid hire. I think for Texas Tech in particular, they had to go with a guy that they felt like was going to be there a long time. And they have to be able to. They have to be willing to give him time. They have to be willing to be patient with it, because you're not going to be getting, you know, the premier, you know, uh, head coach in college football, and, and nor do you want to, because mm-hmm. if you get the hot shot college head coach, they're going to be in Lubbock until the next big job opens up, and then what does that do for your program? It sets you back right. again, and so you want to find a guy that's going to provide you some stability, like a Gary Patterson did for TCU for so many years. And I think this is that I think this is really, really smart on every front for Texas Tech, for Joey McGuire. Just I think it was a really good job done by Kirby Hocutt and the athletic department there. I agree with you. I, I think it's I think it's it's the right kind of like unconventional hire. It's it's conventional in the sense of Texas guy. It's unconventional in the sense of what's his calling card. Well, it's being a recruiting relations guy, and he's got a chance to do something different and actually create an identity for a team. Let's be honest. What's Tech's identity right now? They haven't had one. They really have not had one in recent memory, and that's what he gets to cultivate and shape. Uh, all right, we'll move on to some college football playoff rankings here. But first, a couple words from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, guys, best way to play daily fantasy for college football or college sports in general, you can download the app. It's available in most states. Uh, overrunners for yards, touchdowns, interceptions, Field goals made, points, whatever you want, they've got there at Prize Picks. Once again, download the app today. Use the promo code Locked On, L O C K E D O N, Locked On, and you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 today. Once again, Prize Picks. Download the app. Also, we're brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. I feel like for me, guys, McDonald's is like always part of a college ball Saturday. I feel like if you're driving somewhere to go to a game, it's like first stop McDonald's. So it's like you know you gotta get that gotta get that biscuit, you gotta get that sweet tea, whatever it is. Um, Apple pie. We're, we're, 
Apple pie. Yeah, there you go. Apple pie after the game. You have a little dessert after the game. Or maybe the morning. Hell, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. Um, win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, the away team can come and recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping out after those long or before or after those long road trips uh, that you've got. Does anybody want to try the jingle before we get out of here? I'm really bad at it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. That was that was so much better than anything I've done. Man, I, I did that choir experience. I right so there. I did you that the first time that we that we had that, and I did. I had a guest on. I did the jingle, and he immediately started laughing at me. It was so bad. <laughs> he just immediately started laughing. It was so bad. All right, so let's move on to our next topic. Uh, our next topic is Gary Farda. There he is. There's a sign <laughs> this week at game day. Okay, Gary Farda sucks. All right, so here's here are the current the college football playoff rankings. We're not going to talk Big 12 to start this off. Georgia 1, Bama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4, Cincy 5, Michigan 6, Michigan State 7, Oklahoma 8, Notre Dame 9, Oklahoma State 10. We'll stop there. All right, guys, can somebody tell me Anybody, raise a hand. What's wrong with this picture? Because there's so there's quite a bit of hypocrisy if you look at this picture. Anybody want to take a guess? Linda, what do you got? <laughs> uh, Michigan over Michigan State. And does anybody want to notice Oregon is ahead of Ohio State as well? well to, to the effect of, okay, Oregon beat Ohio State, right? Correct. Makes sense, yeah. All right. What happened when Michigan and Michigan State played? To I hear, believe Michigan hear, State won, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to hear Gary Barta tell it, quote, Michigan is the uh, more complete team, and that's why they got ranked ahead of Michigan State. So, th- so this is – and this felt like it. And yeah. this yeah, – exactly. And this gets to my problem when I always hated when their, when their mission was they had the – their abs basically – you know how to write an abstract in the paper or I guess a thesis statement or whatever. Our goal is to find the best four teams. Which is the most subjective thing to ever say, and I guess at this point we're just going to look at recruiting rankings, just say you know, and watch some, a few games and just see how we feel. Michigan blew a 16-point lead against Michigan State. It couldn't stop the run, and they blew the game, and they lost. They lost the game. And guys, that didn't happen in September. That happened like the like ten less than ten days ago. That was last Saturday, and. Purdue handled Michigan State. They just went out and got a beat. It wasn't it wasn't a blowout. It was it was within touching distance the entire game. It wasn't some embarrassing loss. And now the committee has basically said, "Thank God, we've got our we, we, that that Purdue loss is our reasoning. It's 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 our uh, you know kind of um, muse, so we can now put a bigger brand in Michigan ahead of Michigan State. It's it's so ridiculous." And this is, and here's the thing is like, I know we're not on the same page with expansion. This is why we need the expansion at this point, because the, I'm okay with having a, a, a conversation about this. If we're around like number 12 or 13 in the rankings, when we're at six and seven, you're one or two losses away from being right there. And here's the thing for, for Michigan and Michigan state, there actually are one or two losses away because the Ohio state thing takes care of itself, right? That's one team out of you. And that takes care of itself. So you are one loss outside of yourself, basically, from being able to jump into the rankings, you know, being in the, in the top four teams of the country. It, Steven, I'll go to you first. Like, 
is is there any is there any credence to the argument that Michigan should be ahead of Michigan State? Do you think there's any val- uh, validation there? No, I do kind of want to know what stats they were looking at, though. I mean, is this just like guys in the ESPN app, like at the box score, or they have like special yeah. analytics to come to this conclusion? Uh, and I mean, there's not like they both have one loss, and Michigan's was to Michigan State, as you said, it was two weeks ago. Uh, Michigan State came back and won the game. I mean, it's not like Michigan State's a three-loss team that upset Michigan a few weeks ago. It, it was they were even, like they're step for step this whole year. Um, yeah, the Spartans took a bad loss to Purdue this past weekend, but that doesn't mean that they have to move down uh, below Michigan. And if you feel like Michigan State should be number seven, then put Michigan at nine or ten. Like it, you know. It, they'll have a chance, as you sort of laid out there, to bump themselves up in the rankings when they play Ohio State later in the year. You don't need to help them out right now. It, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Linda, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on, on this situation? I just wish they'd stop, like, coming out after releasing the rankings and making some statement about why they did it that way. Just come out and say we did it because we wanted to and put it into it because I, I don't like being lied to. And it feels like it's just, it's so, there's so many words I could choose that I'm not supposed to say on this show. So I won't. Actually, I think you can. But I'm not sure you have any rules against it. So I, it makes me nervous, but I'm very frustrated. And like, not even, I, I don't even, I cheer for Michigan because I have a buddy that's from Michigan. And so, like, I have like a, a side, you know, fling. But it's ridiculous <laughs> that that Michigan State wouldn't be ahead of them right now i don't know how you look at them head to head and still go like well they're more complete by based on what they weigh more as a total like what's what's happening i don't know it's very frustrating and and meanwhile all this happening john as as michigan and michigan state trade losses oklahoma is sitting sitting behind them with with no losses yeah i mean i kind of expected it i I told my sooners wire uh, group chat earlier this morning about nine o'clock I said, I fully anticipate them being eight and yeah, that's here we are, you know? And so, I mean, it's not surprising. They didn't play this week. So the committee doesn't really have anything else to go on. The the problem I have with it is that, let, you know, just let a scenario play out where Alabama beats Georgia and both those teams make it into the college ball playoff, Oregon wins out. And then either Ohio state or Michigan state wins out. How then, then the committee's having to do mental gymnastics to take an eight, you know, the number eight team, Oklahoma, right now where we stand and jump them over, you know, Oregon or Ohio state to push them out of the top four and presumably Cincinnati who goes undefeated as well. And so to me, just the way that they postured these rankings, it it just makes things a little bit challenging. And, you know, people are continuously telling me that it'll play itself out. It'll play itself out. Well, I'm looking at the situation. I'm like, maybe, maybe it will. I hope it will, because the way I see things right now is they're, the, the committee would then have to bump somebody out of the top four and have Oklahoma jump a Cincinnati if things were to play out like I kind of just laid them out just right there. Now Oklahoma's going to have a chance to move up. They've got you know number 12 or number 13 Baylor this week who didn't fall near as far as I thought they would. And then you've got number 10 Oklahoma State a few weeks from now. Kind of surprised Iowa State didn't jump into the rankings a little bit, but that's okay. Mm-hmm, but too. I mean, they, they, I mean, there's they're going to have a chance for you know three top fifteen games because I imagine that no matter how the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game goes in a few weeks, that that'll be a rematch in the 
Big 12 championship, and that'll still be a top 15 matchup between the two teams. And so, I mean, they'll, they'll have a chance if they are able to run the table and things play out the way I hope they will. But to me, it's just the way this sets up is just, it, it doesn't give me a lot of hope that the college football playoff committee will do the right thing if Oklahoma is still able to go undefeated because, again, they'll have to do some mental gymnastics and they'll piss off a lot of fan bases by moving Oklahoma ahead of a team that's been in the top four. You know, look at Oregon. They've been in the top four in each of the first two playoff rankings. Ohio State was five. So that's two teams right there that Oklahoma would have to jump. And then you have a Michigan State team that's already ahead of them. So I don't know. It, like I said, people tell me that it'll play itself out and Oklahoma, an undefeated Oklahoma team will obviously, will, without a doubt, mm-hmm. make it. I have my doubts. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I don't, I just think here's the thing too. They, they did make a note tonight. Gary Barton mentioned we're watching uh, Caleb Williams now a quarterback, but here's the thing. Oklahoma is like every, so every single win on the rest of Oklahoma schedule, if they were to win out would be a real, I mean, it's going to be a most likely a top 25 win. Right. And, and Baylor is a top 15 win. Oklahoma state is going to be a top 10 win and it's going to be a probably top 15 win if they beat them twice. Right. So there, every single win that Oklahoma could rack up the rest of the way would be a really strong win. Now, I, I, agree. I understand. I understand general skepticism because we can't trust these assholes to do anything correct. Like every single time they show that stupid ass shot of all of them in the room together, like, oh, we're the devil. Like, <laughs> I want to punch. I want to punch a wall because they show them they're all, you know, smiling there and they're having conversations. They got their water bottles. You know, I want, I mean, I think everybody college football fans wants to go in the room. You know, just slap all the water bottles off the table. Like, look, look, do not f this up. Do not f this up. And yeah. here's the thing: they can afford to kind of lollygag and mess around right now, but like, because nobody. Because here's the thing: like, let, let's think about this. At the end of the year, like nobody's going to remember this week's rankings, right? If, if they do it correctly, I mean, right? Nobody's going to remember this, so they can kind of be like, you know, it'd be great. What if we put Michigan ahead of Michigan State and put Oklahoma behind them both? That's like that's what they can do, right? Yeah, they're just I mean, doing bits. They're yeah, trolling. They're, I mean, they're trolling. Right. Fan they're, bases, they're doing really. bits. They're doing bits. It's like it's like Saturday Night Live. It's like all right, this is going to start the show. We've got we've got Michigan State uh, over you know over or Michigan over Michigan State. Our second skit is going to be uh, you know Oregon and Ohio State. You know our our third one is going to be Baylor dropping one spot after Chad Morris's son lights him up for five hundred yards. Uh, you know, hey, heck yeah, brother. Next, our next one is we finally let UTSA in. That's a, that's a quality close loss for, uh, yes. for Baylor there. <laughs> was, which we're going we're gonna to get to in a second. Um, uh, all right, let's go. So, Linda, so let, let, let me just finish. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead, John. Go ahead, John. I just want to say, everything I say, this is like they should. Like if Oklahoma right. does what they're supposed to, they should. But there's just there's this little bit of me that has the doubt. And, again, that's just me probably being the fan, looking at the rankings and putting too much stock in them. But – I just don't know. Think I feel like things are just a little bit weird right now, and there's a little bit of there's still that Oklahoma and Texas are leaving it for the SEC tension that seems to be enveloping right. all of college football. So that's um, where I'm at. Next, we've got Linda. So Oklahoma State goes up to number ten. Um, to me, you know, at this point, like I'm ready to say they're better than Notre Dame. I think they should be ahead of Notre Dame. I'm I think I've watched enough. Notre Dame gets a good win against Navy this week, whatever. But like. Navy's not good, but like it was, they, they look pretty strong. I'm, I'm kind of, I think Oklahoma State's a better team. I mean, this week, West Virginia was playing their best football of the season. They had one nice drive, and then Jared Daigie got as, as basically close as he could to getting murdered in a football game. 
the rest of the way. I mean, eight sacks Dude. for Oklahoma State. Like, and this is the thing. Do you imagine getting hit that many times? That would be all yeah. by by that defense. And this is the, we're at the point now where I've seen nine games, and I'm ready to say, okay, Oklahoma State's defense is good enough to keep them in any game they play against anybody, and any team in the country. You know, if they play Georgia, sure, they, they might, might not score, but I don't think Georgia's putting up 35 points, right? I don't think Georgia's, you know, I'm not sure Georgia's scoring a ton. So, you know, I think I'm at the point where I'm saying, all right, Oklahoma, because that defense is – Oklahoma State, rather, that defense is that good, they should be considered higher than 10. Like, they're a legit threat to win the Big 12, like, for real, for real. I honestly – I was kind of surprised that we weren't ahead of Notre Dame. I think – here's what I think. We're not ever because we haven't played Oklahoma yet. And I think maybe by the time we play Oklahoma, even though it's twice, it may be like John said, it it, working itself out seems to be like a thing we just throw around. Whereas like it could work itself out where no big 12 teams end up in the top four. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very likely to happen. So beginning of the year, I didn't think we'd be here. I knew our defense was good enough to keep us in most big 12 games. Um, but they keep getting better. And Jim Knowles is just a freaking mad scientist genius. I don't give him a check, let him write the number on it. I don't care. Just make sure he's there. And, uh, but yeah, they, they're, I think they're a top three defense in college football right now. And I think they will keep us in games the rest of the season. So I'm excited, but I've been here before. So I'm trying to like, all right, we're going to talk – so we're going to head to TCU corner here right now. Uh, first, we have to hear one more word from our good friends at Built Bar. You guys know this this deal, Built Bar, Built.com. Go there today. And as we head towards holiday season, it is important you guys check there often. Also check on Black Friday because they're going to have some deals for you. Right now, go to Built.com. That's Built.com. They've got coconut – Raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barchia, just to name a few of their flavors. Protein bars covered in chocolate. They're absolutely delicious. Um, good for you, especially, you know, during the holiday season. Don't eat the pie. Eat the Bilt Bar. It'll fill you up just as much. And also, you don't feel, you know, after you eat a Bilt Bar, you can like go for a, a run or a walk or something like that. It's not like a piece of pie where you're like, lay me out on the couch and, you know, carry me, you know, put me out of pasture. No, built bars. You feel good to go. You feel like energized. It's not too much, not too heavy. So go to built.com today. Built.com promo code lock fifteen, L O C K E D one five lock fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com. Also, our friends at betonline.ag. Uh, if you guys want to get into some sports action, that's a place to go. New interface at BetOnline. Uh, they've got a bunch of deals going as well too. The best one you can find is if you use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, when you sign up, and you guys will get a 50% deposit bonus today. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you get an extra 50 to play with, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, F1, whatever it is, they've got it there at betonline.ag. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, so uh, TCU Corner, uh, right happening right now. Steven, the floor is yours Backup quarterback throws for you know four and some yards, runs for an extra seventy um, under coach Jerry Kill. While Gary Patterson refuses to not go to the facility and continues to game plan, 
all while you guys are trying to attract the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator to become your next coach, in addition to Iowa Stop State's head coach, in addition to Iowa State's head coach as well, while Sonny Dykes has a uh, has a doubled contract offer basically sitting on his couch. What a time well, on, his, on his desk, excuse me. What a time at TCU, right? Oh yeah, but let's let, so let's start. Can we all just laugh at Baylor for a second? Because yeah. my goodness, like they <laughs> they were ready to roll in there, get an easy dub, get game day next week, play Oklahoma, have an inside track to the Big Twelve title. Wrong. <laughs> took an L. <laughs> took an L to Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris is not going to be my man. He was Chandler Morris cooked him. They're going to have Clay Travis down there talking about vaccine <laughs> mandates this week on that dumb Fox show that they do. Oh, big they yikes. thought they were going to get Lee Corso. They're going to have Matt Leinert doing whatever Matt Leinert does. I don't know. I've never watched that pregame show. But now they get big noon kickoff, which is why Oklahoma's leaving for the SEC. Thanks, John. But anyway. We just wanted to play Nebraska at night. That's all. Yeah, you guys want to play wanted. Nebraska at night. That's all you wanted. Um, so that was hilarious. And it, it was crazy to watch them win that game. As far as the coaching search goes, uh, so I think I think they're down to three candidates that are actually like front runners for the job. And there's a couple other candidates that I'll mention that it seems like somebody really wants them to be a front runner for the job, but I'm not sure that they actually are. Um, so I'll go from most likely to least likely. I still think Sonny Dykes is the most likely to get the job. I think he wants it. Uh, I feel like if TCU doesn't connect on some of the folks that they've taken big swings at, they'll just roll him over to Fort Worth. Um, as you said, he's got a multi-million dollar contract from SMU that he has just forgotten to sign. And, you know, as we all do, super relatable thing that we all deal with. Um, and so I think he makes the most sense. Uh, they're also reportedly talking with Billy Napier, um, who, you know, has turned down jobs in the past. The coach at Louisiana has worked with Nick Saban, has worked with Dabo Sweeney. I feel like he's going to be more interested in the LSU job, potentially the Florida job if that's open. Um, and then this week, it came out there that they've been they've had some sort of contact with Matt Campbell, and and Matt Matt Campbell denies that he has directly talked to the university. Um, and as far as, as far as I know, he doesn't really have an agent, so I don't know who, yeah, who this would be that they have you know been communicating with. Um, but there's enough smoke there that it at least has gotten on the radar of some people that have been covering the coaching search. Uh, I still, I, I think that is, is not super likely. Um, but I, I feel like it's encouraging that he would even be willing to, you know, have some dialogue about it. I think that's a good sign about what the job is and, and, and what it could potentially be. Um, they've interviewed Tony Elliott, who is the offense coordinator at Clemson. Uh, he, he's reportedly in the mix. And then apparently Deion Sanders is more than just a meme at this point. Like he is, he is like, why the hell had, an, hire him? had an interview and he interviewed, he interviewed. Yeah. It was a phone interview, but he interviewed. Um, now he, here's my perspective on it. I think LaDainian Tomlinson is on the committee and I know that he is friends with Dion. They work together in NFL network. I feel like he is banging the table for Dion and out of respect for him, they are, and out of respect for Dion, they are entertaining. You know the problem is Steven is the fact that he does 7,000 things at once, like oh, yeah. commercials and subway commercials and NFL network while he's a coach. 
I mean, as someone who enjoys humor, it's it's intriguing. And it would it would be great for the brand. I think there'd be a fantastic Netflix documentary made about it. Um, I also feel like even though you know, name, image, and likeness is a thing now, and you can technically pay players, he'd find some way to get us like banned for life. Which hey, if he's winning ten games, I wouldn't even hate it too much. But um, yeah, it would be a disaster. I mean, I can't see a way where it's not a disaster. And and the funny thing is, like, for as much as the argument for Dion that I've heard made is that he would just do so much for recruiting that it would be worth it. Like he would pull in anybody and everybody he wanted. Uh, and I, I, I would give a little credence to that. But like my thing is, unless you're, I mean, TCU. Last couple of years, they've struggled a little bit. But overall, since they've joined the Big 12, they've kind of been third behind Texas and Oklahoma. So unless you're just going to start bagging five stars on a routine basis, I'm not sure how much more like TC's recruiting ceiling can actually go up. Um, And at some point, you have to coach and you have to develop. So unless he's going to have a just a amazing staff that kind of does a lot of legwork for him while he does – barstool radio or whatever it is that he does on the side um it, it it's not gonna work but i still think sonny dykes wants the job and oh, it was pretty clear this week with his team's performance that he yes he's he's got, he's got his eyes he's got, he's his, got eyes his eyes elsewhere. there yeah he wants the job and i think if you know billy napier matt campbell say no which if i had to guess right now i would say they probably say no it'll end up being mm-hmm. him uh, all right, I just want to touch on something you said. Are you saying that Baylor fans get this electric pregame show this week? Yeah, baby. There it is. Look at there that. I'll Hold, kick the tailgate. Get, get some ropes out there, man. Hold that crowd back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, they could have game day. They end up getting Clay Travis. It's, it's a great it's it's a great endeavor. And yeah, Bob I'm with Stoops. you. Yeah, they do get Bob Stoops. They do get Bob Stoops, which is fun. Uh, he actually was on the show I was working today. He was on the golf course while he was doing a radio hit. So shout out to Bob Stoops for working on that swing. Yeah, I think the thing the thing for me, Stephen, is like I I like the fact that TCU is is taking some some swings, and I'd say John, like you probably agree with me here. Like they it looks like they're viewing themselves as the top twenty job. Like that that's the kind of candidate they're going after. Yeah, and I think being in a major metropolitan area in the state of Texas, they probably should. You know, they they're going to have a lot of uh, pull, you know, it's a, a big time program and a big time media market. I mean, maybe not a big time program, but it's a big time media market in a recruiting hotbed. And with the realignment that's happening, it's going to provide an opportunity for TCU to make some moves up the big 12 standings. I mean, this isn't necessarily going to have to be a team that's a middling big 12 team forever. Um, there's, there's opportunity. And I think, you know, I think the Dion thing kind of can make a little bit of sense, but I think Sonny Dykes obviously has more of a, a resume and, and is a more legitimate kind of head coach, so to speak. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. I mean, TCU's got the money. Like, the resources are there. The facilities are there. You know, Fort Worth, I love Fort Worth. Like, I'm from North Fort Worth, just one of the suburbs just outside of, of town. And, I mean, it's a great town. I mean, it's, it's got kind of a bit of a small town feel for a big city. And so, I mean, I think there's opportunity there for, for it to grow. Uh, and for the program to improve. And so they should, you know, take big swings given what they've got going for them as a university. Linda, you, do you think that 
in the new Big 12 once Oklahoma and Texas leave. Out of the remaining teams, Oklahoma State and TCU feel like the the two teams that really should be the ones that like are the top once those two schools leave. Well, like once those once uh, the new schools come in, like are you talking about the full landscape or well, just I would say what's I would left? say out of the, I would say out of the remaining eight. Yeah, I would it, agree. I would say now. I mean, I think you even add in those four new ones, and sure, Cincinnati's been on a red hot run, but like, you know, Oklahoma State's four, and Cincinnati is having the best run of their entire, you know, program's history, and and they're right now, you know, and still, there's not a whole lot of space separating Oklahoma State. I mean, I think if Oklahoma State and Cincinnati played today, it'd be a toss up game on a neutral field. So, like, I think in terms of the long term prospects, you know, like Cincinnati might lose their coach. Oklahoma State ain't losing right. their coach, man. Oklahoma State maybe State. ever. But yeah, they're not losing their coach. So, you know, I think those two schools to me, like those two other remaining eight, at least, at least the remaining eight, should For be sure. the two the best, the two best schools. Agreed. Yeah, but okay, okay. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you, do you think like uh, like anybody? I mean, else don't sleep on don't sleep on Iowa State. I mean, Matt Campbell. But Matt Campbell's he, gonna leave though, unless he does go saying. to TCU or SMU. I will, say, so if, I will say now if now if Dion doesn't go to TCU. Say Sunny Dykes goes from SMU to TCU. How about Dion at SMU? Good Lord, could you <laughs> imagine that? that? Could you imagine? Dickerson back. I mean, how that would be that? unbelievable. He would definitely have a hashtag of like pony excess. Like he would just yeah, lean yeah. right into it's it. Just him in chains being like, hey, come on. Like, come I mean, he's built for SMU, I feel like. Yeah, he honestly, he honestly is. All I right. Just uh, go ahead. So, I just think the Big 12 is so messy. It's like hard to say. It's always just been like OU and then everyone else you're just like Dealer's throwing choice. in a dartboard. Yeah, there's so, like eight teams. Right. So I just – it's hard to like definitive – of course, I'm going to say Oklahoma State's the best team. I think they'll be the best remaining team because that's who I am as a person. But I do think there's a toss-up to who's going to be the hierarchy of the Big 12 in the following years. Uh, oh, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Oklahoma State and TCU have the highest ceiling. You know, like Cincinnati has established something there. Um, obviously, like Baylor has done a nice job. They, they've kind of been in and out depending on who their coach is. Uh, but as far as resources and I think from a perspective of what could you do there in the new look Big 12, I feel like those two schools have the, the highest ceiling and staying power potential um, out of the remaining eight and even the, the four that are coming in. All right, let's move on to what we are excited for over the weekend. By the way, if TC was able to score Kellen Moore, that'd be unbelievable. Um, all right, just give me. Yeah, I mean, also, I don't, I don't know why he'd go. I think just like he's in a great position to coach Cowboys offense for a while and then get a head coaching job in the NFL. Yeah, he, I mean, and like and not recruit at all, and like, and not recruit. Um, he know. turned down the Boise State. Well, he either turned down the Boise State job or they moved on, you know, to, to someone else. One of the two. Um, I would be all for it, but you would essentially have to punt completely on this recruiting class, which I think if you get Kellen Moore, it'd be worth it. Uh, but that's a pretty risky endeavor if he changes his mind for some reason. Yeah, and I only shake my head because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and it make me really, really sad. Right. Because <laughs> he's, he, he's an awesome coordinator. Because he's awesome. Yeah. I can't – also, like, can you all believe it? I mean, you guys are a little bit older than I am, but, like, can you all believe that we're talking about Kellen Moore taking a <laughs> head coaching job? somewhere like yeah oh my god good lord yeah he's younger than i am yeah yeah i mean I'm yeah, old, he's what, but... yeah yeah he's what he's 30 and he's 33 uh all right let's go on to so what are we looking forward to the most this weekend um 
obviously the Big 12, a lot of us have our eyes set on the, the Baylor-Oklahoma game uh, that is coming up. I'm going to go actually basketball, friends. 10.30 on Saturday night, Gonzaga's hosting Texas. Oh. Top five game. Top five game. Chris Beer gets to show what he's got with that team. Honestly, you guys know the deal. Texas is a basketball school now. We've obviously seen that. Also, we didn't touch on this. Did you all see the video today going around Twitter, the video of of their defensive line coach just letting those kids have it? I don't have any problem, yeah. to be honest. I actually don't really care that much. I think it's – think it's. Uh, yeah, it's that's good. what coaches do. Like what – I don't understand. But like videotaping it and putting it out in public. That's the bad part, sorry. actually. Yeah. I think, I think what people are, don't realize – yeah, exactly. That's in a. That's where I like. I would now. You're just gonna get your ass chewed more. Like it's just gonna get worse from right. Here. Like like the worst part of that video is it's like also. What do you think was gonna happen? You guys got you guys blew a, a lead again in the second half for the fourth consecutive week. This time you got boat raced in the same game, and they did not. Let's, let's be honest. They did not on defense look that like they, they had much interest in being there at all in that second half. The coach was right, man. I forget his name. Bo. I forget his last name. Um. But I mean, like anybody have a problem with that? Anybody have a problem with that? No, no. you know what? It, it reminded me a lot of that scene from Moneyball, where they're all kind of yucking it up in the locker room. Billy Bean's walking by, and he's, yeah, he, he hears the there. music playing, and he's like, "Why is there music playing? Like, why are you having fun? Right. Is it fun to lose? Like, and I think that's. I mean, I feel like Texas needs a bit of a culture shift. If these kids are, you know, like kind of yucking it up and having fun, and they can't take a chewing like that after, like you said, just getting dominated in the second half again. Um, I mean, what what do you what do you want from a coach? Like, I'd be mad too because this is a, a a team that's just been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons over the last month of the season. And these kids, I mean, they're kids. Like, kids are going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Football should be fun. The game's over. It is what it is. But at the same time, this is a coach's livelihood. Like, his job is to make sure that that defensive line is good, and it wasn't, and he could potentially get fired. And I mean, I don't know. It, it it's just kind of sorry. Like it it, bre- it breaks the trust tree as well. Putting that thing out on the internet. Yeah, um, Stephen, I want to ask you. Like, looking forward to the most. Uh, Bo Davis, by the way, uh, is the defensive line coach, Texas. Um, is the game you're looking forward to the most? Chandler Morris uh, part two this weekend, or are you looking forward to something else? Man, that's gonna be fun to see him against that Oklahoma State defense. Uh, he was so great. <laughs> Against Baylor, you know, what does he look like against a bunch of guys that are trying to take his head off in Stillwater uh, at night when that fan base has about 11 hours of pregame? That'll be an interesting, interesting situation for him. And can I just add that we're also Barry Sanders will be there. We're doing his like statue reveal. It's not it's yeah. not a great environment. Oh, yeah, con- Conditions are perfect. Um, and <laughs> You know, I think I think Bo at Texas, he was just tired of those guys monkeying around. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. <laughs> anything else besides TCU and Baylor? Uh, looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Ohio State Purdue. Um, I think that'll be a fun one. You know, Purdue jumping up in the rankings this week after uh, that that Michigan State upset. And I honestly haven't checked in a lot on Ohio State since the Oregon loss, so I kind of want to dial in on what they look like. I know they've been pretty steadily just you know, killing everybody through, throughout the rest of the season. Um, and my my special, my sickos game of the week, mm. uh, I'm going to go Tulsa and Tulane, three and six Tulsa <laughs> versus one and eight Tulane in the American. Uh, turn it over to ESPNU at three o'clock on Saturday if you want to check out that one. 
Ironically, both those teams gave uh, gave Cincinnati a pretty good game. All right, we did, all, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Stephen, what do you got? I was just from Stephen. John, what do you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm also interested in the Ohio State Purdue game. Can Purdue have another top five win? Hey, if they beat another top five team, shouldn't they be in the college football playoff? Mm. I mean, no, they shouldn't. But uh, that's a, that's an interesting mm. game. Cincinnati on a short week. They've got uh, South Florida. Can they kind of keep it going? Probably. Uh, but then you know, just one that's interesting, intriguing, a regional matchup. You got Air Force and Colorado State. A little Colorado Springs football action mm-hmm. on a Saturday. I think that could be a lot of fun uh, for those two teams. All right, Linda, what are you looking at? Uh, we already talked about it, but it's Baylor and Oklahoma. Can Oklahoma be a top 15 team? Because we haven't seen it yet. Am I right, John? Have we seen I mean, it yet? I blame <laughs> Texas for that. I know, I know, but I had to do it. I, yeah. I've just like been waiting all day to get the jab yeah. in. I was That's really true. hoping that Baylor fell further, and they didn't. So, But it's a <laughs> game I'm super interested in. I want to see how OU responds after their bye week. I'm sure they'll come out and play fantastic, but just to kind of see where they're at. It's going to be a great game. And I, I think I was telling, telling Steven before we came on, I think Caleb Williams is licking his chops a little bit after seeing what Chandler Morris did. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. My sickos game is going to be ASU against Washington because uh, <laughs> Jimmy Lake better watch his ass. He might get fired. He's obviously the incident last week, which once again, you know, your, your mileage may vary on how bad you think that was, but he shouldn't be doing that in the, on the middle of the field during a game. Uh, it's the wrong time to be, you know, messing with the player. And also he seems that job seems, seems too big for him. And the Herm Edwards thing was funny at first. Then we're like, oh, we were wrong. And then we we're like, are we wrong? I mean, they might go nine and three this year, but like, I'm not sure we can say it's going to be a comfortable nine and three. Like th- them getting waxed by Washington state at home was, that was bad. So that's a game I'm looking at, 7 o'clock, FS1 Eastern Time. All right, everybody, time to plug, plug, plug. Steven, you're up first. Uh, you can find me at Steven on Twitter. The show is Locked on Horn Frogs, at Locked on TCU on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, Locked on Horn Frogs, anywhere you find your podcast, uh, previewing that Oklahoma State game this weekend. And then uh, basketball, they start out their season on Thursday against North Florida. So all that on the podcast this week. All right, Linda? You guys are such good pluggers. I'm the worst plugger. You can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. The show is Locked On Pokes on all your listening apps. And uh, basketball, real-life basketball started for us uh, just a little bit ago. So I'm going to review that here shortly and get it up for tomorrow. John? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast, now available on YouTube. So go subscribe and like the show over there. And if Chandler Morris and the TCU Horn Frogs upset Oklahoma State, it's official. The Chandler Morris revenge for Lincoln Riley is uh, in full effect. I will not forgive him if he uh, diminishes another potential Oklahoma top 15 opponent. Uh, you can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter. You can find the show at LO Big 12. You can find Locked On Big 12 wherever you guys get your podcast, Apple Stitcher, Spotify. And you can find us on YouTube as well. Just look up Locked On Big 12. Also, good night for the Big 12. So far, so good. Actually, every single team that played tonight uh, has gotten a win uh, as Texas is en route to killing Houston Baptist right now. So it looks like every Big 12 team that played in basketball tonight is going to get a win. All right. Until, uh, until next time, my friends, it's always a pleasure.